RadioInfluence.com. As America's zone coach, premier thought leader, and the world's number one coach of champions, Jim Fannin is the go-to person. He has guided the careers of the best pro athletes from 10 sports and business executives from 50 industries. He has coached individuals, families, relationships, and students in simplifying and balancing their lives for more than 40 years. From winning Wimbledon, the World Series, and a gold medal, to losing 68 pounds, saving lost marriages, or overcoming financial ruin, Jim Fannin has been behind the scenes guiding individuals through the intricate process of peak performance. His success tools are not just for the superstar. They're designed to help you reach your full potential as you tap into life's most successful mindset, the zone. And now, please welcome the coach of champions and America's zone coach, Jim Fannin. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Jim Fannin Show. I'm Jim Fannin. My name is Seth, Jim sidekick and producer here on America's Most Positive Podcast. Hitting on the basics today. Jim, what's what's going on? on what's in your mind? What's going on? Uh, visualization is on my mind, and it's on my mind every day. Uh, it is the most powerful tool in the world. We all possess the capability uh of visualization with all of its uh, powers, uh, but we don't always use it for our best interest. Sometimes we actually use visualization to sabotage our dreams and visions. And, you know, I'm going to unpack that and get into it. Uh, I want everyone to get relaxed, uh, be in a comfortable place. Uh, preferably, you're not driving a car. If you are, that, that's fine. Uh you can still make do on this uh, particular uh, episode. But I, I really believe this is an episode you can go back to and listen to more than once. Visualization is real, it is powerful, and it is being wielded by the best of the best in the world. And it's been around since the existence of man. We're pretty fortunate to have this tool built in through our DNA passed on uh, from our uh, parents, grandparents, our, you know, our ancestry, our lineage. Uh, but we don't always know about it, especially in our formative years, how, how it can really help manifest whatever you want in your life. But again, at the top of the show, as I just said, it's a double-edged sword. It will definitely cut both ways. Uh, it's been wielded to create and build cities. States found even entire countries. Uh, it's helped destroy them as well. And that's the double-edged sword. Um, it created BlackBerry. Remember BlackBerry? You know, <laughs> uh, we all had a BlackBerry, you know, a, a couple of decades ago. And BlackBerry was the phone of choice. Uh, but it also fostered BlackBerry's demise. And uh, you'll thank the leadership team for that. Uh, it's helped amass fortunes. And it's definitely uh, participated in financial ruin. Uh, and that includes the wealthy who've uh, used it uh, to increase their wealth. But again, it's a double-edged sword. It cuts both ways. So relax, 
unhinge your jaw, breathe, and just be with me on this show, the power of visualization. Approximately 50% of your waking hours are spent visualizing. Just natural visualization. 50% of your waking hours. So to put that in a perspective of one week, uh, you sleep eight hours a night, you're awake 112 hours a week. Wow. 60 hours probably is how much you're visualizing. Uh, maybe it's 56 hours, but it could be 60. And some people are visualizing even more than that. It, it could be 70, 80 hours. Visualization. What is it? How does it work? And how can I use it for my personal gain in every aspect of your life? I had a client. Uh, well, all my clients use visualization. But, you know, Seth, I, I had a client. It, it was a heavyweight boxer. <clears throat> Tough guy. Uh, professional. And I started talking about visualization. He goes, no, I, I don't visualize. I, I'm not into that new age stuff. I go, new age? This is old age. This is ancient age. <laughs> what do you mean new age? Visualization has been around, uh, you know, thousands of years. And he goes, well, I, I just, I don't, I don't believe in it. And I said, no, I, I understand. And, and then I changed the subject. So tell me about uh, your wife or girlfriend. And he said, no, I, I, I'm not married. I have a girlfriend. I said, well, tell me about her. And he said, well, what do you want to know? I said, well, just tell me about who she is and what she's all about and what she means to you. And, you know, just kind of describe her. Can, can you describe her physically? So he proceeded to start telling me about how good she looked, how pretty she was. And, and I could tell that uh, by being with him that he was visualizing her. And then as if he was a reporter on the sideline, telling me what he was seeing in his mind. And then I took it another level and said, um, does she wear perfume? Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Her perfume drives me absolutely crazy. I go, really? Uh, can you smell that perfume right now in your mind's eye? He goes, oh, absolutely. No question about it. In fact, uh, I have actually smelled that perfume uh, other places that other people had it on, and I, I'm quickly looking around the room. Where's my Where's my woman? You know, where's my girlfriend? <laughs> and uh, I said, you, you know, you're actually a world expert in visualization. He goes, really? How, how's that? I said, everything you described was visualization. Uh, and then we parlayed that. And I've mentioned this before. Uh, we parlayed that into visualizing uh the fine art of pugilism or boxing and uh, throwing jabs and hooks and combinations. And I introduced him to task imagery, which we're going to get into, and situational imagery, which we'll definitely get into today. Uh, symbolic imagery, which our dreams are made up, and even aftermath imagery, which uh, most fail to do and the four different types of visualization. Now, I'm using imagery and visualization together. There's a lot of debate on that. I'm throwing them all into one. 
But I will tell you that visualization, which sounds like it should be visual, is literally more than that. So when you're picturing something in your mind, uh, the sound is part of this visualization package to to hear something and uh, to hear my voice and, and then shut your eyes and see if you can recreate my voice. That That's an aspect of visualization. Smell, taste, touch, all of the five senses, once they're incorporated in your mind, uh, makes that visualization very, very real. Here's why it works. It's the main reason why visualization is your most powerful tool. First and foremost, you're doing it anyway. So you might as well be doing it proactively. Most of us use it in a reactive way. Oh, I don't want these bills. Oh, as I visualize bills stacked up on my desk and maybe I see one that's flagged and you know it's got red marks on it, it's overdue a month, two months, and I'm visualizing the negativity that that bill uh, that debt that I haven't paid, I visualize all the negatives that go with it. Uh, oh my gosh, I'm probably going to repossess my car. I mean, I'm taking it to a very extreme here. But visualization is something that's a part of all of us. Most of us visualize on something that you haven't given up on, but it could be on something you don't want as opposed to proactive visualization which is part of the score success system, um, thought management system. It's visualizing what you do want. You know, and that's something that when we did our, our summer survey of the audience, one of the reasons, you know, we've got some great guests coming up this fall, but one of the reasons we're going to keep going back to basics is a lot of people said, okay, I want to be doing this stuff more. So maybe I, I kind of started with score check. I've started with the reboot. I'm not doing it as much as I, I want to or need to. With visualization, there is, there's no chance that that's happening. It's just, are you using it correctly or not? Because you're visualizing something out there. Yeah, you are. Yeah, every, all of us, we're visualizing every single day. Uh, if I just mention a restaurant, for example, I say McDonald's. Well, immediately, that I've said that. Uh, I'm not trying to give McDonald's a plug, but as soon as I say it, uh, you're seeing golden arches, or maybe you're seeing french fries, or maybe you're seeing a Big Mac. Uh, but the name uh, puts an image in our mind. Advertisers uh, are very good at putting images into our mind. And um, so uh, that is part of visualization. Visualization works because of one fact. Your subconscious mind does not know the difference between fantasy and reality. And that bears repeating. Your subconscious mind. Now think about your subconscious mind. It controls breathing, blood pressure. It controls repairing cells, manufacturing new cells, uh, growing fingernails, hair. Uh, it, it is in healing behind the scenes. While I'm not thinking about it, I'm being healed. Uh, it may coagulate a little scratch on your leg to form a little scab. We don't have to think about it. The subconscious, I got this. That's what the subconscious say. Jimmy, I got this. 
Don't worry about it. You don't, you don't need to be thinking about breathing all the time. <laughs> I got this. I, I'll keep you breathing. Go ahead and go to sleep. You're in, you're in good hands. You're going to breathe while you sleep. It also controls our perspiration so that if we get too hot, we start sweating, and that's designed to air condition, cool down the body. So the subconscious mind uh, is operating behind the scenes, and it's powerful. It will also guide you and help manifest your visions and your dreams. So these are uh, visualizations, and it'll work behind the scenes, causing coincidence, synchronicity, serendipity uh, to make things happen. And all of my clients have seen that coincidence, uh, but they actually initiated and caused an effect of really what they want. Visualization works because the subconscious mind does not know the difference between fantasy and reality. Oh, so I, you know, if I take a nap, you know, I'm a little tired, you know, I take a nap. Gosh, I hope I don't have a nightmare. I hate when that happens, you know, and I drift off into sleep. I get into a rapid eye movement where my eyeball is going back and forth, you know, really quick. And all of a sudden, I start visualizing in my mind some guy coming into my room with a big knife, and he's chasing me around the room. And all of a sudden, in my mind, my subconscious, which controls all my bodily function, doesn't know the difference between fantasy. There ain't nobody in my room. I'm alone in my room. And reality. And all of a sudden, my heart rate goes up. I'm sweating profusely. I wake up in a, in a start. Oh, my gosh. And, and I look around the hotel room. I'm out on the road giving some talks. And, you know, I look under the bed. And, you know, I go into the bathroom, look behind the shower curtain. You know, I'm waiting for Anthony Perkins to be there. You know, <laughs> e -e -e -e, <laughs> nice. psycho, psycho with a knife. There was nobody in my room. My subconscious mind does not know the difference between fantasy and reality. This is why it works. But we need to get proactive with visualization. So today we're going to talk about synchronized visualization, how to sync them together, how you can make a performance uh, manifest into an awesome day, then a week, then a month, then the quarter of the year, then the year, and holy cow, next thing I know, I, I've built an empire, or I've made the Hall of Fame, or I've become an all-star, or whatever. I find the love of my life. I had a client who came to a seminar, and we were on this subject of visualization. It was a full-day seminar, so I, I do a whole module on this. And, and I said, write down before we start, uh, how many of you are single, by the way? And a whole bunch of people raised their hands. Um, how many are married? Uh, don't answer if you're happily married or not. But I would suspect maybe half of you are, might have a few challenges. And um, how many of you are just blissfully happy? You know, one plus one equals ten. So, you know, I, I sectioned the room into a relationship. Now, there were a lot of people that didn't have a significant other. And so I had them write down what they wanted in 
their significant other, you know, some male, some female, whatever. And I said, it's not about physical appearance. Write down the qualities that you would like, that they're patient, they're confident, uh, they're cool under pressure, uh, they're not drama king or queen. Um, and, and so that's what happened. Then we talked to the single group. Uh, how do you find this soulmate? How do you do that? And I'm looking out in the audience and it's blank stares. I don't know. I wish I knew. If I did, I'd have a soulmate. <laughs> you know, that's why I'm here. I, I don't have a clue. So I had them visualize this faceless person. And again, we didn't get into the physical attributes uh, of what they were looking for. And, um, and I said, you know, good fortune favors the bold. Now, if you sit in your house all day and visualize, uh, the odds are, the, you know, the doorbell is not going to ring, although that's possible. Uh, someone canvassing the area, and there she is, or there he is, you know, there's the love of my life. Uh, I said, you know, you, you need to obviously be active. So one person from that seminar made up his mind that he was going to go to a club. He'd never, ever, ever been to a club. And it was a club on the south side of Chicago, and it was one of those single three different bands playing simultaneously in three different rooms. It was massive, massive place. And he decided he was going to go out and he was going to find his soulmate. And I had told him, I said, you're not going to find your soulmate. You're going to attract your soulmate. She's going to find you. And he was like, okay, awesome. So he goes to this club, and um, I don't hear anything. I don't get any response. I don't know how he did. Uh, we had no communication. I fly off to another city, to another seminar, but I remembered him because he made up his mind, I'm going out because I see what I want. Fast forward seven years. I have another seminar, and he's in the audience. He's coming back. He wants to do it over again, and I've got some new tools and new techniques. So at the first break, after 90 minutes, he came up to me, and he said, do you remember me? And I said, I do remember you, but I never found out what happened. And he took his wallet out of his uh, back pocket, and he pulled out a picture of two little girls, young, a couple years old. And he said, your seminar gave me this, the greatest joy of my life. I go, tell me, tell me what happened. Now, I didn't have time. The break was over. I went back to the second module of my seminar, but in lunch, I needed to, I wanted to hear the story. So this is what happened. He, he went to this club and he had visualized his soulmate. And, and he knew that she was going to be there. That's why he went. And he was a very shy person. He was not one to initiate a conversation. But he said, tonight's the night I'm going out. And he did. 
and he got rejected. I, oh, hi, could I could I buy you a drink? Uh, no. <laughs> Would you like to dance? Uh, no. And some people didn't even say no. They just blew him off and acted like he didn't exist. Rejection, 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 rejection. He said it was unbelievable. Normally, two rejections, and he would have packed up and gone home. But he knew somehow, some way, through his visualization, that the love of his life was there. So around 11 o'clock, he was about ready to leave, and he was sitting in a chair. Uh, a lot of people were dancing. Uh, bars going full blast at 11, 11.30. And it was as if the crowd parted and he saw through a very narrow uh, gap in the crowd across the room and he made eye contact and they smiled and he stood up and she stood up and they walked to the center of this huge, huge place and they just started dancing. He didn't ask her to dance. She didn't accept a dance. They just danced. No no communication verbally. And that was the love of his life. And they dated. They got married. And there in that wallet was his two children. That's the power of visualization on once you've programmed your subconscious with these images, it will do everything in its power to manifest it into its physical equivalent, even if it's bad for you. Yes, even if it's bad for you. And and that's why I'm always asking my clients, what are you thinking about? What's on your mind? And, and of course, that's how you, we open the show. Hey, Jim, you, you do that every week. Jim, what's on your mind? We always have something on our mind, and uh, we need to think about what we think about because these images that we put in our mind, and don't forget, every thought that we have, two, 3,000 thoughts every day, they're affixed to an image. And some thoughts are affixed to even a deeper image of the other senses of sight and sound, and I can hear their voice, and I can smell cologne, perfume, whatever it is, and it's very, very real. So let's do some very simple guided imagery, but here's how you really make it impactful. When you visualize, and we visualize all day long, no matter what, we're all doing it. Uh, Some of us picture things through our own eyes. In fact, it's about 80, 83% of the world population when we visualize And when I said McDonald's, well, you just saw it in your mind's eyes. Sometimes you can do it with your eyes open. Many people do that. I've got one client right now that's visualizing Hall of Fame. He's not even in the majors yet, but he sees it. Does he have the talent? He does have the talent. He does. Will he make it? Well, we'll see. That's a long time. We'll see on how consistent he's going to be. But you... See things through your own eyes, and you hear them in real time in your mind. At least you believe you hear them. You've created it. Uh, But the other group of people see things like you're up above on a movie set. 
So when you saw McDonald's, you were kind of up above looking down, oh, there's a McDonald's restaurant down there, or there's a hamburger, and, and I'm seeing it from above. That's about 14 15%, 13%. And then there's a very, very small percentage, 1% or 2% of the Earth's population. They go, I don't see anything. I don't get it. I see nothing. Now, to the 1% to 2%, and, and if listening, you're in that category, don't be alarmed. You're still visualizing. It just haven't seen it in your mind's eye. But if you're talking about it, and if you're thinking about it, it's still being programmed. So that's the good news. All right? You, you don't have to be seeing a, Spielmer, a Spielberg movie uh, in Technicolor and all, all of its uh, glory uh, to be a great visualizer. Now, how does it really manifest? Your mind, your conscious mind, um, when you're completely relaxed and you're breathing in the six to eight breaths a minute. Now, to put that in perspective, listening right now, you're probably 15 to 17 breaths a minute. If you're stressed, you're over 20. When you visualize in a constructive, proactive way, you want to get your breathing way down into the six to eight breaths a minute. Why is that? Because your mind goes into what's called a alpha brainwave set, uh, and, and it's uh, a different brainwave when you're in the six to eight. Your mind is very fertile for suggestion, and that's why, you know, all the old movies, you're getting sleepy, <laughs> you know, as you're watching the watch and, you know, you're, they're they're trying to get you into an alpha state where it's conducive for suggestion. Of course, in this uh, instance, it's auto-suggestion, your own sug- suggestion. So before we even get into everything, let's relax, everybody, right now. Unhinge your jaw. Let your tongue kind of float. Hopefully, you're not driving your car uh, at the moment. Shut your eyes. If you are driving, keep your eyes shut, but you can still unhinge your jaw, relax, and take about six deep breaths. Don't force them. And to put this in perspective, you'll you'll have two breaths every 15 seconds. That gets you to a maximum of eight in a minute. And now you're getting a little serotonin pumped into the bloodstream. You're going to find a calm There's no future. There's no past. Clear your mind right now. Just be present with me, with my voice right now. And just be here. I'm relaxed, breathing comfortably. Put your hand, either hand, on your stomach, on your belly button. This is another relaxation technique, and we're going to have a whole show on relaxation. But take some deep breaths and let your stomach, however, move your hand. So with an inhale, the stomach goes back toward your backbone, and your hand is moving by way of your stomach. You're actually breathing through the stomach as opposed to your mouth. This is how a little baby can... Get into a deep sleep immediately. This is how uh, you're playing ball with your dog. 
You get on the cell phone, somebody calls you, and you turn around, your dog's not only laying down, your dog's snoring. It's like, wow, that took four seconds. How did, how did my dog get relaxed? And that's just having that breathing through your stomach. And, and now you're uh, going more toward an alpha brain state where suggestion, uh, auto-suggestion, your suggestion, can put images and make it more real. Now, this automatically happens twice in a 24-hour cycle. The 30 minutes before sleep, that's why that's so crucial. As you drift off, you're getting relaxed, you're getting into an alpha state. But it's also just as you come out of a deep REM state the next morning. And so there you are, you kind of, I like to lay in bed when I wake up, and uh, that's a great time to think about a major vision in your life. Uh, that's why it's always conducive to go to bed happy and wake up happy and kind of frame your day. But as you're thinking whatever you want in a most positive way, it's done going to sleep, waking up. Now, the waking up time is not 30 minutes. Most of us will wake up, we'll lay there for just a few seconds, and then some of us panic, oh, my God, I'm late for work, you know? (laughs) And now the heart rate goes up and you're out of the alpha state. But I really uh, recommend when you do wake up, just lay there for a few uh, minutes if you can uh, and and just kind of chill out. I'd put a little smile on my face. That gives a little dopamine into the bloodstream. You're already in that relaxed state. And that's a great time to visualize when you wake up, when you go to sleep. And, of course, right now uh, you're training yourself, really, with me just guiding you, giving you some tips and tools on creating that alpha state without going to sleep and without waking up. So this is what meditation can do for you. Um, So right now, everybody, just breathe. Be here present with me. Jaws definitely unhinged. Another technique is tension release. If you got too much on your mind, it's hard to just turn off the switch of being locked in and trying to make things happen. You've got a hectic day. You can try the breathing, um, but you can also do tension release, which is going to your feet, putting all your awareness on your feet right now. And if you're wearing shoes, then you can feel them kind of moist and warm inside your sock, inside your shoes. And if you're barefoot, you, you won't feel that. But put your awareness there. Now, tense your feet, only your feet, all the muscles in your feet, and then release. Just relax. And then when you relax, keep your awareness to your feet. See if you can feel the blood flow back into the capillaries and blood vessels of the feet. Now, tense up your calves. Tense. And now release. And you can do this even if you're driving a car. No one knows. Keep your eye on the road. And tense the quads. Just hold that tension, just the top of your legs. And now breathe and relax. Release. Hamstrings. Tense. And then release. Buttocks, both cheeks, tight. Tight as possible. And now breathe and release. So you're tensing up a body part, and then you're relaxing it. Lower abs, tense. Relax. 
upper abs tense. Release, relax, keep your awareness to the body part. Your pecs or chest muscles tense. And relax. Just your biceps, not your forearms, not your hands, not your shoulders, just your biceps. Tense them up. Wow, Seth, you got some pythons going on there, brother. (laughs) I'm digging it, man. Now make two fists tight as possible. Squeeze. And this will be easy. Now relax. Open your hand. You can feel the blood flow back into the fingers. Tense your hands again. Two fists. And now relax. And now shrug your shoulders up to your head. Squeeze. And now breathe. Relax. And now scrunch up your face. Tight. Make an ugly face. Very good, Seth. Very ugly. Awesome. (laughs) And, and now relax and release. And now every body part, feet, fists, buttocks, face, shoulders, go. Tense. Relax. Tense. And now relax. This is a good way to drift off to sleep. It's a good way to just get rid of some excessive negative energy. And, you know, thoughts are kinetic energy. And uh, if it's back on you about challenges and the P word, P-R-O-B-L-E-M-S. I don't even like to say that word. And all kinds of challenges that you have that are not positive. Um, That's stress. That energy will hide in the muscles. And if you really want to become an expert visualizer, you're going to have to learn how to relax more. Breathe deeper. Six to eight breaths. Why? Well, you'll get into an alpha state and uh, it'll really, that visualization will really solidify and uh, be embedded into the subconscious mind. So you can do it at night before you go to sleep. If you wake up and you're tense, well, you probably went to bed tense. And if that's the case, you can use it then to start your day. But you want to open and close your day in a purposeful calm, uh, thinking only about what you want but also in a very calm, cool demeanor. Now, let's put something in your mind. Let's take tomorrow. Everybody's going to be different. I want you to take your mind and project it tomorrow. And I want you to choose one thing that you would like to accomplish. It could be in any one of your life arenas. Doesn't matter what it is. It could be, I'm going to bond with my significant other tomorrow. Okay, cool. Uh, I'm going to close the Johnson deal, whatever that is. Uh, Awesome. Doesn't matter what you choose, but make it, you know, realistic and make it doable. But as you visualize, you want to see it in a present tense state as if it's so. See it in a finished state. What if you get angry? What if your MO, your modus operandi, is you get ticked off really easy? And if somebody steps on a landmine that you've got buried in your life and they say say something you don't like, well, you get frustrated, you get impatient, maybe you get embarrassed, maybe you get jealous, but then you get ticked off. And maybe you lash out. 
you know you need to control that. So see yourself being that palm tree tomorrow when somebody ticks you off and say, I control me. I'm going to see the reaction that I'm going to have when reality and expectation don't match. I expect everything to be cool, and you're flipping the script on me, and you're saying something. What, you call me a liar? Seriously? And that triggers me? Or what What was the movie, Back to the Future, where they called him a chicken? He just couldn't handle it. Couldn't handle it. He couldn't. He, he would go off, you know? And you, you need to see yourself. Now, this is situational imagery. There's task imagery. That's visualizing one thing at a time. We'll get into that. This is situational imagery where you're visualizing you handling a situation in a positive, constructive manner. Symbolic imagery, we'll get into that also, and then aftermath. So picture one thing tomorrow that you would like to accomplish and see it as if it's so, as it will be right now. Don't forget, you are the director of this movie. You're the star of the movie. You're the choreographer of this scene that you're going to see in your mind. You're the set director. You're the lighting guy. You're the sound gal. This is your movie. And there's only one rule in visualization. There are no rules. Use your imagination. Use that right side of your brain to create your own reality of what you want. The best in the world are doing this, and it won't take you long to catch up with the best of the best because you do it anyway. But you need to believe, and you need to expect And hopefully when you get positive feedback, you need to know visualization is your most powerful tool to help you have a simple life, a balanced life, abundant life, and a life of excellence. It's right there for you. No matter what your circumstance, no matter what your condition, no matter what your situation I, I'm so aware of this more than ever in my life. I grew up in poverty, and I realized later in my life, a- after I left this poverty situation, the poverty condition, that I actually didn't have those poverty negative thoughts. Thank you, Mom. Thank you, Dad. They always talked about possibility. They always talked about hope. They always talked about my imagination, and they allowed me, allowed me to visualize. I had an imaginary friend, Seth. I hate to, I, I'm admitting this. Jicky, that, that was crazy. What? I actually named an imaginary friend. I'm like four. And I would blame Jicky. My mother said, well, who, why did you do that? I didn't do that. Really? Really, Jimmy, you, you didn't do that? Jicky did it. 
you know, I was an only child, so, you know, we had a fertile imagination. <laughs> and, and my mother allowed me to do that, knowing that I ate the cookies off the counter. You know, Jickey didn't do it. But she gave me so much latitude to use my creativity and, and, and to visualize. And um, don't, don't get me wrong. I, I, she held me responsible and accountable. She said, well, you, you need to tell Jicky he needs to stop. And if he doesn't, Jimmy, I'm holding you accountable. Really? <laughs> so <laughs> Jicky didn't last long. I got one that she said, I haven't seen Jicky or heard about Jicky. Yeah, he's, he's traveling around the world. I actually told my mother that around five years old. Yeah, he's gone. He's, he's been traveling uh, when it was me all along. The bottom line is allow your children to visualize. Allow them to create. But how about us big people? Just because we're 30 years old or 40 years old or 50 years old or 80 years old, well, we got to start stop daydreaming? Seriously? Life is all about visualizing positive things and seeing what you want in your life. I know there's so many negatives right now. I know there's divisiveness. There's anger. Um, there's a lot of gossip and rumors and hearsay and all kinds of negativity. Visualize positives. See your life the way you want it to be. You can create something seemingly out of nothing. I, I remember the moment on a park bench in my beloved city. And for all Ashland natives listening right now, hey, how you all doing? I love you all. I love you all. I do. Paul G. Blazer, Russell, High School, Boyd County. Greenup, but I remember on a park bench reading a magazine and my mentor, Professor R.W. Ross, who really taught me the power of visualization, said, Jimmy, play tennis with those boys that you're reading about, those two Italian boys. See yourself hitting tennis balls with them. I'm 11. I'm as poor as a church mouse. We can't afford to send me around the world. That was a dream. But on that day, very relaxed, in Central Park in Ashland, Kentucky, I took those two, two Italians, Adriano Panata and Paolo Bertolucci, who had written a diary, and they had had an article you know, in the paper about their travels throughout Europe. They were my age. And I played tennis with them that day. I remember shutting my eyes, hitting tennis balls, and then Professor, I could hear him say, do you hear the ball being hit? No. Well, you got to add sound, Jimmy. You got to hear it. Don't just see it. Shut your eyes. Play tennis. And I did. And then I heard the ball. I felt it. I felt the ball on my strings. I felt my follow-through. I went from a simple task of seeing them, task imagery, to a situational imagery of actually interacting with them in a situation. And then he said, travel the world with them. I've never been on an airplane. 
Don't you think it's time? Shut your eyes. And in my mind, he guided me to walk up the steps of an airplane and sit and and hear the buckle of the seatbelt as I sat on a plane with my two new Italian friends that I'd never met, just read about them in a magazine, and I traveled the world with them. I'm not going to tell you that I thought about them every single night that summer, but I thought about them an inordinate amount of time. Fourteen years later, I traveled the world with Adriana Panada and Paolo Bertolucci physically. And it was such a coincidence to go from an 11-year-old kid to a tennis scholarship to getting out on the pro tour and then parlay into coaching top players. And then in Indianapolis, Indianapolis, Indiana, at a pro tennis event, and I'm coaching two other guys, my intuition told me to walk around the entire complex where there were multiple matches going on simultaneously. And I walked to the furthest court from the stadium center court. And there, with not a lot of people watching, was Adriano Panada playing Corrado Berazzuti. And no one knew that, in a sense, they were playing to see who's going to be number one in Italy. Now, this is a first-round tournament, and they just got paired against each other. So it made big news back in Italy that they were playing each other. Berazzuti was ranked top 10 at the time. Uh, Panada had dropped out of the top 10. It was top 10. And I sat there and didn't even interact with anybody. I was immersed. There he was. That's the guy. That's the guy that I visualized when I was 11. Here he is. Now what happens? I played tennis with him. I traveled the world with him. And he's right here. So I watch his match. And when the match is over, he'd lost. And he was dejected. And out of the blue, out of my mouth, I went right over, grabbed him and said, I can help you get back in the top 10 in the world. And he looked at me like I was a crazy person. And I said, I can do that. He said, who, who are you? And I introduced myself. I, I, I didn't even think about it. It wasn't premeditated. How is this happening? My subconscious mind had been programmed, and now it's going to manifest into its physical equivalent. 14 years was the manifestation. And then we went out to dinner. He realized I, I did coach legitimately other players in the top 50 in the world. And the next thing I know, I'm not only coaching him, but I met the other guy, Paolo Bertolucci, and then I coached the Italian Davis Cup later against my own United States, and I traveled the world. I've told this story before, but I haven't told this part of actually how it happened in Indianapolis and how 
I wasn't even going to go to that tournament. It was a last minute going to this tournament. I was so close to Chicago, I was going home, and I might come back in the semis, but something told me to go there. Something told me to walk. What was that something? It was that internal intuition voice that I had programmed over a decade earlier. This is how it works. Do you need repetition? You do. Visualize what you want, especially in the last 30 minutes. That's when you're definitely in an alpha state. But now that you're in an alpha state with me, let's go away from tomorrow. Let's go up 30,000 feet. That's what I ask every client. So what do you want? Why am I here? So I'm asking you right now, what do you want? Why am I here? Why are you on this podcast? Why today? Why is this clicking with you? What do you want? And whatever it is, I don't need to know. But whatever it is, you need to see it as if it's so. And if it's something big, maybe even abnormal, see it. Your imagination trumps everything. Create it the way you want it to be. And then repeat it. Because repetition is crucial. See it tonight when you go to sleep. See it when you wake up in the morning, tomorrow. See it the tomorrow night. And then the next morning and the next night. You do this seven to ten times in a row. In a week, you know, seven to 10 days, nights, and mornings, it puts stress on your subconscious mind. And, and listen, your subconscious mind's repairing cells, for goodness sakes. Something that that's amazing, without your conscious knowledge, I might add, that's pretty amazing right there, isn't it? It's growing fingernails and hair. I mean, right now, without your conscious thought, this amazing subconscious can definitely connect you with what you want in your life. So visualization, let's get, let's get busy. What do you want? See it in finished state. Now, after seven to 10 days, it puts stress on your subconscious. Your subconscious is like a little man or a little woman sitting in a chair watching a screen of space in your mind. And every one of those Thoughts, which are a few seconds to a minute at the most, 2,000, that subconscious is watching it, indelibly etched right there inside your skull. So that person, the subconscious, I, I always liken it to a little wizard sitting in my mind, watching every part of my movie. But when I have something that's repetitive, it's like, whoa, this is a big deal for Jimmy. I need, I need to manifest it and make it happen. And it will. It connects. It guides. It takes you across the street. It takes you to another city. It gets you to pick up the phone. It causes you to say something you would never say, but you said it in public. 
you know, I can't believe I did that. But that led you down another path to help you meet someone else, someone else, and then someone else. And the next thing you know, there's Adriano Panada in Indianapolis. Is this how it works? This is exactly how it works. And it's usable and it's doable by you. Now, I'm not going to get you to win the U.S. Open coming up if you don't play tennis. So it's not going to make you something you're not. And if you don't have the talent physically to do it, okay, it's not going to get you in the NBA playing point guard with LeBron James. It's not going to happen. But if you've got the talent, you can manifest it into anything you want. Let's change subjects. How's your golf game? Well, maybe it's okay. Maybe you're six handicap. Maybe you can't break a hundred. Unhinge your jaw. Breathe. And if you're a golfer, and if you're not, maybe you want to hit a few golf balls because I know you can do this. We're going to putt. And right now, I'm going to tell you the putt, and you're going to see it in your mind's eye. It's eight feet away. And, and you've lined it up. You're in position. And the ball is going to break one cup, one cup length width right to left. And you're going to see the ball break after you roll the ball. With a putter, and I think we can all putt. We've all putt-putted before. And then it's going to roll into the side of the cup, and then you're going to hear it, that glorious sound of the ball going into the bottom of the cup. So I want you to visualize. Right now, I'm going to count to three. When I say three, you're going to roll the ball. It's going to go end over end. It's going to be one cup right to left, and it's going to go into the bottom of the cup. And you're going to hear it, and as soon as you hear it, smile. One, two, three. And now we're going to have another putt. This is going to be 20 feet, three cups left to right, 20 feet away. And you're going to roll it three cup widths to the left, and it's going to go left to right into the cup. This time, when it goes in the bottom of the cup, I want you to anchor that feeling. Give me a Tiger Woods fist pump mentally. Yeah, baby. Give me a fist pump. Make it a double one if you want to. It's a 20-foot putt. I'll count to three. You'll roll the putt left to right. Break. One, two, three. Nice. Nice putt. This is task imagery. You're seeing one putt over and over and over. Now, if you visualize in the last 30 minutes, or if you really get into a deep, deep breathing Uh, and an alpha state right now in this call, which is possible. That's not only recorded, that putt that you just made, both of them, but that's going to be replayed 15 to 20 times. 
when you go into a REM state. And that's why the last 30 minutes, you're naturally going to go into this relaxed state before you get into a deep sleep. Task imagery, and I've helped a guy become the best putter on the tour doing this, putting over and over 15 to 20 times. So if I have a guy that or a gal on the LPGA tour and they put 10 times in their mind, 10 times 15 to 20, that's how many putts they did during the night while they're sleeping. You mean you? I can wake up and be a better putter? Uh, yeah. What if? What if I just missed an eight-footer to lose the tournament today, my club championship? Oh, my gosh, I can't believe it. I pushed that thing. I can't believe I missed that. That's ridiculous. I had this tournament won. Gosh, dang it. I can just see that thing lip out. Some, so now, just talking about that missed putt, I've already seen it in my mind five or six times. That's going to be replayed at least once or twice each time I do that. What's going to be replayed? Me choking the putt. Will that make me better? Uh, no. That's going to keep you uh, losing and not putting well. And what if I think about those negative things when I go to sleep? And what if I think about a fight I had with my wife? What if I think about, man, she makes me so mad. God, bless it. She's right here next to me. God, she ticks me off. I can't believe she does that. Why would she say that in front of our friends about me? She had no right to do that. Oh, wow. I'm a victim. I'm a victim of the circumstance, the condition, the situation that I had earlier with my wife. And now I go to sleep and I think about it. And then I think about it again. And then I think about it again. That's replayed 15 to 20 times. And you wonder why I have a restless night's sleep. I do this kind of thinking seven to 10 days. That's going to drive a wedge between my wife and I. That's the anatomy of divorce. It starts with a seed of thought that's negative about the person you pledged true love everlasting. No matter what, through thick and thin, till death do us part. And yet 50% of people that marry into the divorce and the other 50%, half of them don't like each other. How does all that happen? It's through negative visualization. See what you want, not what you don't want. And I'm imploring you, begging you, please work on this. Work on this on your own. So now that we've changed gears, I've got you away from task imagery putting. Now I threw you back into another arena. Shut your eyes. Unhinge your jaw. You had a fight with your wife. It was your fault. It always is, you've heard her say. Well, that doesn't help. Love conquers all. In your mind, see her face. I love you. I love you more than stars on the sky and sand on the beach. Love conquers all. She's going to yell at me. Let her yell. 
And while she's yelling, she's yelling into a sea of love. I love you. Take your medicine. See what you want. See the relationship better. See it improved. See one plus one, you and her, him and you. See more together than apart. You must see it. And, and, and you can see it immediately during the day. This doesn't have to be at night. You want to go in and I'm changing gears again. I want to raise. I need to make more money. You got to see it. Do you deserve it? I do. Okay. Go see the meeting. Maybe it's in the best place for you. Maybe you've been visualizing something big. Maybe you're not going to get that raise because your subconscious wants you to leave to go out and start your own business because you've been visualizing that for five years. Visualization is so powerful. It will get you to close one chapter in your life. It may be a little painful to actually rebound and ricochet to another path where everything is fruitful. That's how powerful your visualization is, and it's designed to program the almighty subconscious mind, that intuitive voice. I want you to listen to your intuition. You may have programmed it, but now you don't listen to it. How many times has that happened to people every day? That happens every day. I visualize what I want. My intuition says, go to the concierge level floor. I'm in a hotel. Okay. I I, am on the concierge level. I'm on the club level. I I don't want to go up there. My intuition said go up there. Do I go up there? I I don't know about you, but I'm going up there. Why? I don't know why. Does it matter? I trust my subconscious mind. And I go up there. Hey, how you doing? Uh, Where are you from? Oh, Pittsburgh. Oh, what's going on? Next thing I know, I'm a CEO of a big company in Pittsburgh. Coincidence. Serendipity. So not only visualize task imagery, or visualize positive situations, but then you need to listen to your internal voice, that internal dialogue. It has real-time information that your conscious mind doesn't possess. Act on it. Walk across the street. Say hello to a stranger where you normally, that's not your style. Talk to somebody in, in an elevator. So many of my clients, we don't market. I don't market for new clients. I've never marketed. I've never spent one penny on advertising ever. They come to me. How, how does that happen? Because I visualize it. I visualize coaching a jockey, and I had no contact. Contacts to coach a jockey. I visualize coaching a poker player, professional. Why? Because I'd never coached a professional poker player. And they all came unsolicited. It's too good to be true, isn't it? 90% are say, 
Uh, this is too good to be true. Coaching a day trader. He visualized the next day. It didn't work out. He throws up his arms and goes, well, it doesn't work. This is not how it is. You need repetition, repetition, repetition. Task imagery, one task at a time. You could visualize opening a speech. You could visualize putting, a shot in tennis, hitting a baseball solid with an accelerated bat head. Situational. Well, we all have situations we can create. Let's say you have three children. One's doing awesome. She's the oldest. Perfect. Everything's in order. Makes her bed. Gets up. Doesn't have to be told anything. Then there's the second one. Seems like a slacker. Gosh, I've even called him a slacker. Why are you such a slacker? I've even said that to him. Oh, my goodness. And all of a sudden, he's not doing well in school. You'll never be like your sister if you're going to act like that. What am I doing to him? How am I changing him in a negative way? Am I putting visions of him being a slacker in his mind? Am I getting him to become a judge? How could I flip the script on that? How can I do that? What do I see now? I see him successful. I see him make good grades. I see him actually making his own bed without being told. The great parent, the great teacher, the great coach visualizes a superstar when everybody else says, he sucks, he shouldn't even be playing. But I see him thriving. A great teacher sees a failing student, an A student. When everybody else goes, he's a slacker. He'll never amount to anything. I don't know. I don't know what happened. He's definitely not, not like your oldest. See what you want, especially in times of crisis, especially in times of tough conditions, especially in times of a really tough situation that you're in. See what you you want. But this is a habit. This is a habit of being confronted with a challenge and immediately going to the solution. Instead of walking around that challenge and feeling it and tasting it and drinking the Kool-Aid of that challenge, and that challenge becomes almost insurmountable in your own mind. You, you know, one of my... Uh, one of my challenges on the pro tennis tour, my vision was to get there. It wasn't to thrive there. I couldn't believe it. You know, in hindsight, looking back, I go, wow, I never thought about being in the top 10. I never thought about being number one in the world. Wouldn't that seem so logical? But when you grew up poor and everybody said, you can't even make the pro tour, I said, that's my vision. So I was successful. I was extremely successful. My vision manifested in exactly what I wanted. But boy, what if? Well, I, I won't get into what if. But I, I know now I need to see what I want. And every client is all a manifestation of my vision. I even visualize what every one of my clients want. 
Now we're doubled down. They're visualizing at night. I'm visualizing what they want at night. That's how teams win major championships. It's when everybody's visualizing the team's success. How about your family? Are we all visualizing or have we all segregated ourselves and labeled ourselves and I see my brother as this, my sister as that, and my parents of this, and that's how I picture them? Or do I picture us all awesome, all on the same page? Well, this comes from mom and dad, and that's why I'm so blessed. Thank you, Lahoma, my mama. Thank you, James senior. You allowed me to visualize. You allowed me to daydream. You encouraged my imagination. And you told me everything is possible. And that's when we barely had anything to eat. That's when times were tough. But I never knew it. Never knew it. Mom and dad right now, the parents that I'm talking to, Start ramping up the visualization and seeing your children successful. Because I know you've got a kid right now who's not doing well in school. I know school just got started. Maybe you caught them doing drugs. Maybe you caught them doing other things. Maybe they snuck out at night. See them as if it's so, as it will be. Does that really work? Yes. Vibes. Intuitive vibes, no no boundaries, no geographical boundaries. See what you want as opposed to what you don't want. We're all visualizing, no matter what, every day, be proactive. Now, let's break down synchronized visualization. Now, I've gone through task. I've gone through situational visualization. And I know we have symbolic imagery and we have aftermath imagery. Let's just put those off on the table. But right now, let's go back to situational. It's New Year's Eve. Party hardy. But sometime during the day, sequester yourself, get alone, and picture 12 months in advance. Go to B. New Year's Eve, next year, 12 months from this moment. And I visualize one thing that I want to do. Maybe it's to write a book. Do I visualize the book? No. No. I go to the aftermath. I see people flourishing and succeeding because of the book. I don't see me finishing a book. Most 90% see me writing a book. That's my vision. Now, I need to see the information of the book being utilized and people thriving because of it. That's B. And that's how I wrote the blueprint. New Year's Eve. Visualizing the greatest year I've ever had. And then I visualized me sipping a little Dom Perignon out of a Tiffany flute glass celebrating the book. And what the book has done. And then I visualize that day, January, February, March, the first quarter, Q1 of the year. 
what needs to be done. Because that's going to fit very snug inside that vision of seeing people thriving with the words within the book. Well, I need to contact my agent. I, I need to write an outline. Those two things, they were accomplished in Q1. I saw it as if it was so. And then I visualized, even New Year's Eve, same thing, the greatest January ever. Well, that whatever I was going to accomplish in January is going to fit within the Q1, and Q1 is going to fit inside the year. So I saw January that I would have an agent for this book. I saw it. I saw the deal signed. Also, that same day, I saw the first week of January. I saw me making several phone calls to multiple agents. I saw me going through lists of agents. I saw it as if it was so. That week fit easy into the month, which fit synchronized into Q1. And then as I shut my eyes, I visualized January 1. Hopefully I didn't drink too much champagne, which I didn't. (laughs) And I saw me celebrating the start of an amazing year. Never have a day you haven't already had. Never have a performance within the day you haven't already had. So here's how synchronized visualization. I I did the B to A route. Now let's go back A to B. You're getting ready to have a meeting. And it's in a few minutes. Get your breathing down, six to eight breaths a minute. Unhinge your jaw and see the end of that meeting. And understanding with this vision of whatever, you're leading the meeting, by the way, See what everyone's doing and how they're leaving that meeting. However you want them to leave, whatever actions you want the people in the meeting to do, that's the outline for the meeting. Never have a meeting you haven't already had. Dress, rehearse. Now, everybody listening, let's talk about tomorrow. Every night after you leave work, just before you leave work, or sometime the night before, visualize the greatest day you've ever had in your life. See it in macro sense. So I can shut my eyes, I get my John Hinch, and I'll picture two meetings tomorrow, or three. I'll just see the results. Real quick, this flash image takes 90 seconds. Never have a day you haven't already had, but I see me happy. How many people visualize smiles and happiness. Think of your significant other right now. Right now, shift your mind to your significant other. 90% of you are seeing her without smiles. 90% of you are seeing him without a smile. You just see him. See him with a smile. You're the choreographer. You're the script writer. This is your movie. See people in the zone. See people happy. See them vibrant. 
Never have a day you haven't already had. Will it always turn out like that? Not always. But now you've got something to adjust from. Every Sunday night, I tweet out. Every Sunday night. I've done this since 1974. Never missed a Sunday night. I've visualized the greatest week I've ever had in my life. Every Sunday night. Join me, Zoniacs, visualizing the greatest week of your life. What do you see? Two or three things you want to accomplish. Maybe I want to take my relationship to another level. I must see it in full manifestation form. Maybe it's getting that raise. Maybe I see my boss giving me a raise. Well, thank you very much. Much deserved. See what you want every Sunday night. We've got the end of this month coming up. At the end of every month, 12 times a year. I've never had a month that I haven't already had. See it in macro fashion. See it through your own eyes. See it from above on a movie set. See it as if it's so, as it will be. October 1st, Q4, September 30th, I'm visualizing the greatest fourth quarter of my life. Never have a quarter you haven't already had. If you follow me on Twitter, I'm going to remind you and guide you to do those visualizations. Not every night, but I will guide you for the week, the month, and the quarter And we're going to have a big celebration at the end of the year where every Zoniac globally is visualizing 2019, the greatest year of your life. Now, let's talk about symbolic imagery. I'm going to share something with you. I had shoulder replacement surgery. This is my first announcement recently within the last six weeks. Seth is very aware of it. He can even make a comment on it. When I say total shoulder replacement, I'm talking ball and socket brand new. I am the titanium man. Now, three-hour surgery. Before the surgery, I mentally, visually went into my mind, into my shoulder, and talked to my shoulder saying, uh, we're going to have a few cuts here, going to have a few nerves frayed, a few blood vessels possibly cut, and I unplugged the pain sensors, and I'm mentally seeing an animation of imaginary pain sensors, and I'm unplugging them. Kind of remind me of an old-school telephone operator plugging in the phone. I don't know if you can conjure that. It's way old-school. But I unplugged all the pain. That was the night before. And then I saw my shoulder awesome. Now, I didn't see me throwing for the White Sox, you know, uh, know, or in the fall or in September. But I saw me doing everything that I was struggling to do. I saw it in finished, completed, awesome shoulder state. The next day, I wake up. Doctor says, how are you feeling? I feel awesome. Because I visualized waking up saying, I feel awesome. He said, what do you want to do? I said, I'm going home. 
well, you need to, you know, stay the night. You know, you've had major surgery. And I go, no, I'm going home. I feel great. And I went home. And I coached that night on the phone. No clients. I think I've told maybe one client that I had this. It's not about me. It's about everyone else besides me. And then the next day, what happened? We did a show. And nobody knew. Yeah, we did a show. (laughs) My my arm's in a sling. Seth's like, what? (laughs) What? What's going on? Yeah. And... And you were supposed to still be in the hospital at that point because you went home early. So, yeah. Yeah. We so, did a show. So, super healing, you can actually go into a body part and repair cells, use the imagination. This is how super healing happens with all my clients. I've helped a lot of people get back on the field, get back on the court, get back on the course after hip surgery arm surgery, knee surgery, even cancer. See what you want. Activate the body for super healing. This is visualization. Now, this is where you get into symbolic imagery, where those animations are symbolic of really what's going on inside your body. You don't need to be sick. If you get... The sniffles, and everybody's going, oh, the flu's going around. Of course it's going around. Everybody's talking about it. What do you do? I'll tell you what I do. I visualize death, violence, and destruction of any, any foreign entity that wants to enter the temple of Jim. Seriously? You all are going to come in here and reproduce and take over my body and make me feel bad? I don't think so. I realized early on in my career that a living organism doesn't want to stay in a hostile environment. But if you make it welcome, like, I don't feel good. I'm so sick. I feel awful. I don't want to go to work. My immune system is let down, and here come the hordes of virus and bacteria invading the Temple of Jim, reproducing Hardy, hardy, having a feast. Seriously? It's not happening. You must leave the temple of Jim now. You will all die a violent death. I go a little medieval. You don't have to go that route. But I see them leave. And then I say one thing. I'm healthy. I'm awesome. I feel great. Your subconscious mind does not know the difference between fantasy and reality. Is it difficult to say I'm healthy when you're actually not? I think for most of us, because I think normality is, I feel like crap, quite frankly. Your subconscious mind does not know the difference between fantasy and reality. Symbolic imagery, create it in your mind. Does this work? Yes, it works. The athletes that I coach get back on the field 50% quicker than what doctors and trainers think because they use these techniques. They learn the, all of these techniques even before the injury or the illness happens. It just happened three days ago. It, it, it's, it, I'm coaching a quarterback in football. Sprained ankle. Wasn't supposed to play. 
He played. And the healing started. Super healing. Activate super healing. Activate super learning. Activate super selling. Activate super managing. Activate super leading by seeing what you want, not what you don't want. You can tell I'm fired up, Seth. I'm so fired up because I'm doing this every single day. You know, I've sat so many times in a hotel room on the road in my career with an athlete laying in bed, drifting off to sleep, and I'm doing guided visualization. I'm doing symbolic imagery. Um, I'm doing task imagery, guiding it. He's in an alpha state. Boom, he drifts off to sleep. I let myself out and go back to my room. Over and over, visualization has been a major part. But so is self-awareness. You know, we're all awake, but we're not all aware. I want you to be aware that you're thinking about what you don't want. Seriously? Why would you do that to you, your best friend? Your best friend on the planet. You got to love you if you want love and respect you if you want respect. You got to treat yourself like a champion long before you're going to get the champion accolades, the rewards, the awards, the cash, whatever it is. And how do you do that? See what you want as opposed to what you don't want. We have one major, major asset as humans. Free will. I can throw your butt in prison and feed you dirty, nasty bread and stinking water. And I can put you in chains, but I cannot control your mind until you give permission. Thank you, Mandela. Wow. That's awesome. What an amazing life story of being imprisoned and came out positive, not as a victim, not as a judge, not with animosity, not with hatred in his heart. He came out with love in his heart. That's a guy that visualized decades and then go on to lead a country and to win the Nobel Peace Prize. Wow, visualization is the greatest tool that we possess, and we have one thing to wield it with, free will. I want each of you listening to choose one thing that is doable, choose one thing that is changeable, and choose one thing that you believe you have the talent to do within a time frame. And start flooding your mind visually with task imagery, situational imagery, symbolic imagery, and I want you to add aftermath imagery. What's that? What is aftermath? Mike Tyson didn't use aftermath imagery. He used visualization to become a world champion. And then he stopped using visualization once... He reached the pinnacle of success. And what happened? He got knocked out by Buster Douglas in Tokyo. You got to see what's after my success. Next. What are you doing next? Aftermath. It's not about my book. It's about 
how people utilize the information to go out and change their own life and change other people's lives. That's aftermath visualization. What's after it? So many times, it's about material things that we want. Yeah, can I visualize a Rolls Royce? Of course, you got free will. You can. Why? I'm not saying that's wrong. I'm not saying that's right. You can visualize whatever you want. But use this tool to make your family better. Use this tool to make the school better. And maybe you're the PTA president. Use this tool to make your community better. How about our country? How many people right now are thinking negative things about the United States? Seriously? That's not how we became the United States of America. This was based on visualization from people that were oppressed, that pictured and visualized a better life, a life of independence, a life of freedom, a life of liberty, justice for all. We visualized that. That's how we were founded. And now, and now we open the newspapers, we get on the radio, and we see things we don't want in our mind, and we talk about it. <laughs> Everybody, listen, we got to start thinking positive. We got to start seeing things that we want, not what we don't want. It's time to get fired up and use the greatest asset this country has ever had positive visualization and synchronize it. But guess where it starts? In the mirror. In the mirror. Wake up in the morning and see an awesome human. When you brush your teeth, look in the, look in the mirror and smile. And you need to smile. You know why you need to smile, Seth? You got that? the because you've got the greatest asset. You've got visualization as a weapon for good, and and we need to take that weapon and make it good, make it excellent, make it purposeful, and and make it in a sharing, a sharing way. It's time that we wake up and stop thinking about what we don't want. Gosh, I remember playing tennis. I'm in Europe, been out on the court four hours. This guy was a formidable opponent. It's down to the nitty-gritty, the moment of truth, four hours culminating in one game. I am four points from losing a four-hour match, all culminating right at the end. Money's on the table. I advance or I go home. It's one or the other. And I hit a shot that was not a wise shot. And I remember yelling out, God, I'm an idiot. What's wrong with me? God, I'm so stupid. I remember saying that to myself. Out loud. I told the audience. I told my opponent. I told me. And then on match point against me, if I lose the match, it's over. You know what my subconscious did? You want to say an idiot? You want to see somebody stupid? Watch this shot you're going to pull off. I had a drop shot from about 10 feet behind the baseline. Anybody could have run up and get it, and he did. And I lost. I sabotaged myself. I caused. Could I have won the match? Absolutely. 
four hours in, we're tied. But I sabotaged me. I put myself down. And if you're putting yourself down, if you're calling yourself stupid or an idiot, what goes on the screen of space? That's visualization. You're picturing yourself an idiot. You're picturing yourself stupid. And your subconscious doesn't care. It's a Pentium 10 billion processor sitting on your shoulders, and you can program it for success or failure. See what you want and put on the screen of space what you want. So this calling yourself and putting yourself down and seeing yourself in a negative light, that's sabotaging through visualization. It's a double-edged sword. We said that at the very, very top. And so we're going to go ahead and uh, check out real quick here. Every single week, we look at uh, who the clutch performers are, the people that are getting it done, the people who see it and go do it. Who's in the zone? Who's in the zone? First of all, we got to talk about Baker uh, Mayfield, uh, the new quarterback for the Cleveland Browns. This is a, a situation where uh, Cleveland has been through more quarterbacks than I could possibly name, and there's a lot of pressure. Uh, they've on been them. labeled the loser. They have. They have. They've been through a lot of quarterbacks. They've been and- labeled the mistake <laughs> by the lake. I have not heard that one. Oh, well, I've heard that. The mistake by the lake. That's the Cleveland Browns. Still NFL preseason. Uh, He actually finished with 212 yards, two touchdowns, and he did not throw an interception, which is uh, for a rookie quarterback. That's pretty clutch. Uh, So we got to say that this guy is in the zone, and maybe it's had to work a little harder to get in the zone because of almost negative expectations of like nobody putting on that uniform in that position can get uh, it done. There's bets to see if they'll even win one game. Just one. One game. So, Baker, Baker, if you're listening to the Jim Fannin Show, see what you want. See a Super Bowl. Maybe it's not manifested this year. See a winning season. Maybe that's not manifested this year. But never, ever, ever give up. You're a winner. See it as if it's so. And speaking of winners, can you imagine being on a cruise ship, having a great time? I'm on the Adriatic Sea, where I've been, cruise ship. And the next thing I know, I'm on the Norwegian Star. I'm near Croatia, and I fall overboard. What? Fell, this woman fell overboard in the Adriatic Sea off of the Norwegian Star. Uh, in the morning of August 19th, a guest went overboard as Norwegian Star made her way to Venice. That's what the Coast Guard announced. And they had a search and rescue operation uh, trying to find her. This lady, I mean, hats off to this zone performer, treaded water. We're talking optimism. And I'm sure uh, there were some glimmers of, I'm not going to make it, but this lady only visualized her being safe, rescued, and well. And luckily for her, she's reunited with her family and friends. She's a UK resident. She's now safe, very happy. Uh, So shout out uh, to her, this British woman, visualizing that she survived and thrived. God bless you. Yeah, and if you can imagine, you know, when you were a little kid, maybe you had to tread water during swimming lessons, 
A minute's a long time. Two minutes is a long time. Uh, and, ten and hours. Ten hours. And in uh, darkness, uh, in a sea, goodness gracious, that is optimism, and that's the power of visualization. You ready to talk a little tennis here about goals, visualization, and how many obstacles sometimes you got to overcome to get there? Well, I, I know personally that uh, Novak uh, Djokovic uh, was struggling not that long ago. In fact, uh, uh, this time last year, actually went through uh, uh, some surgery. Uh, he just became, now this is through positive visualization, uh, seeing really what he wants. He has won all nine Masters 1000 events, just had a win over Roger Federer, which is not easy to do, 6-4, He won the Western and Southern Open Championship, and Seth, one of my clients, won the inaugural Western and Southern Open Championship back in 1970, blah, 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 eight or nine. <laughs> I don't even remember. Peter Fleming uh, won the first one. So my client, best friend, Peter Fleming. Uh, but uh, kudos go out to Djokovic who has had some tough times uh, in the past year. Uh, a long comeback from elbow surgery. Uh, definitely won his uh, fourth Wimbledon title last month. That's great. And now he's going to be playing in the U.S. Open with hopes of uh, uh, getting another major. Uh, but kudos out to him. This is a person who's been a world champion. He's definitely a champion. But someone who's really had some tough times, uh, had tough times. He, he got rid of a coach, a trainer. All of those things happened in the last 12 months and uh, had some personal issues. But his positive visualization is definitely right of the ship on his career. And he looks like he's back at the top of the apex of the mountain. Well, even at any point, he could have quit seeing himself as somebody that can win all these majors. He could have well, just given had, up on it. He, had, he didn't. Pl- he had plenty of money. He's won so many titles. Uh, he could have easily retired, and uh, but kudos to him. Uh, pretty amazing. Uh, let's change to uh, scholastics. This is amazing. New York University School of Medicine, free tuition scholarships, 55000 bucks a year, uh, free for medical school. This is pretty amazing. It is the only top 10 ranked medical school in the country to offer free tuition. And somebody, uh, the regents or whoever, must have visualized raising a lot of money. 2,500 trustees, alumni, and friends have chipped in. You ready for this? We Probably a drum roll. $450 million has already been raised of the $600 million necessary to finance this historic initiative. Uh, boy, that's awesome. That's incredible. And, you know, one of the things that we're talking about in the United States right now is that we don't have as many people going into medical school because a lot of people have a fear of the debt. And obviously, we don't want to be a country that doesn't have as many doctors as we need. So holy cow, the public good of just attracting more people even into the medical profession. And there's a an a, Anonymous donor, I'm changing uh, gears here, who gave $100 to every teacher in uh, this one district, uh, Pendleton County in Kentucky. Uh, $100 bill to every teacher in the school district totaled 
about 14,000 bucks, 143 teachers. And uh, he did that so they could uh, buy school supplies. And he had that vision of every teacher having school supplies. He saw it as if it's so, and then he acted on it and really made it happen. That is the power of visualization. There was a challenge. This person only saw the solution. And uh, kudos to the anonymous donor. And we do have to do one more key performance. This one is way out of left field. But, wow, pulling something like this off. So there's a restaurant in Michigan that had a member of a wedding party run in and say, we got a wedding. We got wedding guests. We got nothing to feed the wedding guests. Oh, by the way, it's today. Well, first of my first thought is, boy, that's not planning very well. But. <laughs> well, apparently the, the, uh, the catering company they meant to use just dropped the ball and said, oh, that was this weekend? Oh, my Which gosh. Which I can't even imagine. Oh, my gosh. And- Talk about panic. So, yeah, Sonder Eatery in Hudsonville, Michigan, in 90 minutes, uh, they threw together a cocktail hour for 150 people, including they even were able to do specialty uh, dishes like uh, vegetarian and vegan options for people with uh, specialty diets. And somebody had to stop, see what had to happen in a very short amount of time, and then execute on that in an hour and a half. Well, this goes to Sonder eatery in hudsonville michigan um there was a challenge they only visualized the solution talk about kindness they could have easily said really that's not possible um uh the people did get their money back from the original caterer which that's a positive thing but uh congratulations you know i love people that are confronted with challenges and um they meet them they meet them by seeing only what they want and uh, and then to bring in a catering company that could also see their vision and pull it off. Oh, my goodness. What a great feel-good story. Uh, that's a good way to start your wedding. It could have been disastrous. Uh, somebody would, would have taken the fall for that, not just the catering company, but maybe somebody double-checking on it. Uh, but... Uh, to see what you want and then to be able to manifest it. That's what visualization is all about. And of course, we always wrap up the Jim Fannin show the same way because when you see it, you got to be able to walk this thing out. Whatever that one thing is that we covered that you've got in your head, you've got to be in a, a good spot that you check on multiple times each day to really have peak performance. And that's why we always end on a score check. Uh, SCORE, uh, that's an acronym for five markers, self-discipline, concentration, optimism, relaxation, and enjoyment. Each of those markers trigger natural body chemicals together. Uh, they form and attract the zone. They come together as a unit, almost like a chemical cocktail, so right now, Seth, everybody listening has a higher low level of self-discipline, that commitment or willingness to stay with the task, to reach well-defined goals. Uh, your visualization starts here. You got to see it. You got to have a vision. You have to have corresponding goals. Uh, self-discipline is first in this chain. Some people need to see it a little more clearly, a little more fleshed out in a blueprint in their mind. Uh, And if you need self-discipline, we're cooking up a batch of it right now, and you need to take that with you. But you also 
maybe you need to focus on one thing or no more than two or three. And, and even if you have three, it's one at a time. That's concentration. That's the ability to focus energy mentally and physically on one task that leads to possible multiple goals that take you to a vision. But maybe, maybe you visualize, but maybe you're not optimistic about it. You know, maybe you're visualizing what you don't want as opposed to what you do want. So if you need that optimism that we've been talking about, uh, if you're treading water right now in the Adriatic, uh, you may need some optimism uh, as the, the fortunate woman had. That's the belief and expectancy that the task will lead to the goals that take you to a vision. If you need optimism, uh, you can say that, yeah, I need that. And just by saying you need it, your awareness of needed is going to help you 90% of the time attract that optimism. Um, but maybe you need to relax. You know, we did some relaxation techniques. I hope that helped you. I know it will help you get into a visualizing positive state. But maybe you need it just because you're stressed out about everything in your life because you've been picturing what you don't want. And uh, when that happens, uh, that energy backs up like a commode and falls on your muscles and now you feel stressed. So if you need some relaxation, we got a cool drink of relaxation uh, uh, at the Zone Cafe. Uh, Seth will love to get that through the uh, drive-up window to you, and you take a gulp, and ah, immediately, you know, you're comfortable and you're relaxed. But maybe you need some passion, some enjoyment, some enthusiasm, some pep in your step. And if that's the case, we have enjoyment. That's our happy meal. It's the last letter in the word score. But Everyone listening has a score level. It's either high or low. And your score level is only as strong as the weakest link. What are you looking for, Seth? What, do you, what would you like if you could bolster one, one of those? And you can only order one at this uh, junction of the Zone Cafe. What would you order, Seth? You know, I'm going to go ahead and go with relaxation for this afternoon. What about you? What, what do you need right now? I am ordering a giant giant bag of optimism because I want so much optimism that I can give most of it away. I want to give optimism to everybody so that you not just have belief in your life, but you have more expectancy and even a sense of knowing. Yeah, give me some more optimism so that I can share it. That's really where I am with optimism. So do your little score check. Find out your weak link if there is one and don't forget you can come back in another arena, uh, another aspect of your life. But don't just do it once a week when you listen to the Jim Fannin show. Do a score check at any time. And just the awareness of what's low, again, fixes it 90% of the time. Let's get that score level balanced, everybody. Because when you do, here comes the zone. That purposeful, calm feeling that nothing can go wrong. And the zone, man, it's the only place to be. Be in the zone, everybody. Have an awesome week. Do you love college football? Of course you do. 
And there's no better place for your college football conversation than right here on Rush the Field. I'm Scott Seidenberg, and alongside my co-host, veteran coach, scout, and consultant Chris Landry, we're going to break down the college game from all different aspects. Whether it's breaking news, big-time matchups, or just arguing about the rankings, Chris and I will have it all covered. So join us on Rush the Field with me, Scott Seidenberg, and Chris Landry. Available on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, and RadioInfluence.com.